and welcome to In a Flash, a photo and video weekly recap news show from Around the Lens. I'm your host, David J. Murphy. Yeah, I'm Travis Keys. And we're going to talk about news for the next 30 minutes or so in the world of photo and video and all that's good. Uh, let's get right into it and talk about Google. In case you didn't know, Google Photos has been offering free uploads of your photos and videos in a sort of reduced, um, compressed quality uh, for like years now. And I've used the service sort of to automatically back up my phone photos, uh, but I haven't really done much more with it than that because, again, you know, if I'm going to back up my stuff, I want the highest quality possible. Well, uh, Google recently announced that they're no longer going to offer their service for free. And instead, you will have to pay for it, you know, through your own storage and whatnot. So uh, just want to let everybody know, if you've got photos and you want to find a free place to back them up, you got until the end of the month to do that on Google, and then you have to pay for it. Uh, how about you, Travis? You use something like this? Have you used Google? Google Photos for backup? Um, I, I mean, I do use Google. It's sort of like a third, third, fourth, fifth, uh, yeah, backup down the the the, the ranks. Uh, Google, you know, is uh, one of those famous people to come out with you know great stuff and then either kill it or drop it or change it. Uh, I don't yeah. know why. You know, from Google Voice to all the stuff they do, it's just, you know they come out with this great stuff. And no, it's not even about money. Sometimes, sometimes they just you know come out with stuff and, and you know they and change. Yeah, and uh, the one thing about. Uh, Google is, I mean, now if you put up everything early now, like you could do a mass upload right now and uh, it'll be grandfathered in. But, yeah. uh, you know, then then it's kind of, you know, if you have stuff to do, you can do that. I tend to go with, since I pay for Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime has tons of add-ons and they have unlimited, unrestricted, you know, full file uh, backlog for now. Yeah. And uh, they haven't changed that. And I don't know, you know, maybe they will one day, but for now they certainly haven't changed it, haven't talked about changing it. So I definitely stick with my Amazon uh, Prime and Amazon as a backup for, for those kind of things, as well as like, you know, uh, I have, you know, Backblaze for deep backup of my drives and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I will say I have hit a limit with the uh, Google, or I'm sorry, the Amazon Photos backup. So I shoot everything in RAW on my Canon mm -hmm. R5. And sometimes it creates files that are over 50 megabytes per file. And I've noticed that Amazon Photos won't back up files that are larger than 50 megabytes. Have you and noticed you're an that? Amazon Prime, you're an Amazon Prime I member? I am Amazon Prime. I've been using the Amazon Prime Photos. And it's like, yeah. this is a recent thing because I, I normally back up JPEG. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that, but I'll have to take a look. I don't tend to, you know, because I have most of my stuff goes to NAS and other, you know, cloud right. backups. But uh, that's like a, a third... Uh, back up for me so i'll take a look at that That's interesting. yeah something to keep in mind especially if you shoot a lot of raw or have a lot of high resolution files you know you want to make sure that stuff's backed up but you know with google yeah like for you know same same as you like i just have it as a, a third location or, or so that allows me to back up my stuff and, and with me moving actually back to the states i mean having everything backed up is extremely important to me and i started backing up back when i first heard this news a few months ago when they announced it so i've now gone through more than half of my catalog of 20 years worth of work. And one thing they don't mention in the story that I think is, is, you know, very important is that you can also back up video. You know, you can back up high resolution video up to 4k and it'll archive it for free as well. It'll be a compressed version of the video. So like it's not going to archive your 8k original format video, but it will reduce it sometimes to 1080, sometimes to 4k. Um, but still, and in, in just ensuring you have that video, because normally we don't back up video, right? It's just too yeah. memory intensive to really back up. 
you know, unless you're like creating multiple hard drives. Is that what you're now doing everybody for your video? With their camera phones and everything, shooting tons of family video yeah. and all kinds of video, you know, vacation video to the, from their phones, which are, you know, these phones shoot great video nowadays. You'd want to back yeah. that stuff up. Yeah. That's so great. if it's something you're interested, get on it before it goes away. Yeah. Uh, in another story this week, uh, or Bitavu Studios has created a fully automated a product and fashion photography. Uh, it's it's basically a studio all built in one. It has you know it kind of wild. Uh, and you know I think it, what's cool about it is that if you're someplace like maybe you know an Amazon or a Google that's you know creating a lot of stuff for their, you know, more so in Amazon that, you know, has stores that need to create, uh, you know, photos of that, that repeat, you know, because they have so many products and so yeah. many things that they sell to just, you know, have something that recreates, but it's a studio basically that has front lights. It's, it's almost a, a giant product box. Uh, yeah. So you have studio, uh, you know, key lights in the front, uh, fill lights in the back, uh, overhead lights, and and it's almost, a, it's a box then with a pull down screen as a camera front that's on a dolly track that can, you know, rise and tilt and, and, and an operator that kind of, a, you know, does this all. So you can do video and video uh, and photos on this and repeat the process. And, and it's, it's pretty amazing. It's cool. And I, you know, I, it's logical that it, it exists because, you know, it's someone that's, you know, has a, a full line of, you know, 20 items or 50 items, you know, can come in and, and have the model, you know, it's laser targeting. So it can repeat the same kind of shot on one after another, after another. Have you yeah. seen this? I mean, it seems like nothing that we, we would use, but uh, it's good for certain applications, I would assume. Yeah. It's something that kind of str you know, sprung me is like, you know, very niche in terms of its need, you know, like, especially the product photography aspect. I was talking to a friend of mine who bought a little light box thing, you know, just a little pop-up white yeah, box. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, I mean, that's very easy and relatively, you know, cheap to purchase. This, though, this is kind of like the nth degree of it, right? And basically, yeah, yeah. it has like a turntable. What I like about it is it's the automatic functionality. So it'll automatically remove the background, automatically turn it, it, and give the you The large a one doesn't have a turntable for the, I don't think for the, uh, for the models and stuff like that. No, it's no, no, not the studio. Ones. Yeah. The, the studio one is pretty, pretty wild. I mean, just, right. you, know, you just look at this giant installed box with, you know, LED lights that turn mm -hmm. and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. It's, oh. it's if you have the space and, and need to do that kind of type of uh, cranking it out every day. You know, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how much something like that would cost. It, That's it, what it didn't. That wasn't in the yard, yeah. but I, I, have to, I have to assume it's a pretty penny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, could I build something like this? And I think if you take, you know, just talk about the lights in the backdrop and everything, you know, you could probably build something like this for about a thousand dollars. I think. Actual, yeah. The actual setting, the, like the box, yeah, easily set. But uh, you know, with uh, the camera and the operator and the software and stuff like that, that's something that was a little more niche uh, to this unit. Um, uh, with the laser targeting and the yeah. uh, tracks and yeah, of course you could build it. You know, it's something that's been around already, but uh, this is kind of streamlined into the the uh, I think um, more of the software and part of it. Well, someone who does you know more studio photography than I do and more portraiture and stuff like that. I mean, does something like this interest you? Would would you be intrigued and use one want to use something like this? If I shot, you know, if I was just really kind of cranking one thing out of, you know, look, lookbook shots and product shots and, you know, and stuff that would just, you know, kind of generic, you know, uh, over, over, but uh, the stuff I shoot is a little more, you know, stylized and right. and set and, and, and uh, you know, and, and movement, and, you know, so I'll take the camera, go to the side, I'll, you know, so it's just, it's not just like I'm shooting straight, it has to be this look, this thing, this type of lighting, it's like I'm, I'm a little all over the place for what I do. Yeah, no, this so is like, me, hey... No. 
this is like, hey, I've got a subject who has to wear half a dozen outfits and I've got studio space for 30 minutes, you know, and they got to like quickly change into new outfits. And I'm just, you know, like you said, product photography. So yeah, it's just, body you product know, it's photography. Like in film where they have, you know, the, now the, the wonderful uh, robotic arms of cameras so they can repeat actions and shots to, mm-hmm. to, to mask and stuff and stuff like that. So it's, it's, a, it's a great thing too. If you have to do a ton of different products, you can just repeat it and, and nail it, you know, and it takes all the work out of it. And it's a, it's a setup that's always there. So you just, you know, turn it on and you kind of just put your model in and, and go to work. That's right. I'm sure if you shot those photos, you'd want to ensure that they were properly copywritten because that, of course, is the always important, always important. You know, put your stuff out there and people are going to steal it and they're going to represent, you know, you and they're going to take away your stuff and potentially make money off of your work. So you have to protect your stuff. And we've talked about copyright and how do you protect your imagery many, many times on this channel. But a new article from Petapixel kind of posits that really photography and photographers should have the same type of a capability and control to detect copyright infringement that the, you know, major music labels and the major film companies have, you know, like you put something on YouTube that has 10 seconds of a popular song. You see how quick. Yeah. Or, or, you know, whatever that gets pulled, right? (laughs) Yeah. Or film, you're going to get demonetized. You're going to get copyright strike, but you know, somebody takes your photo and uses it in, in their video. You're never going to know unless you're like looking at that videographer, you know? Yeah. It's uh, it's true. It's 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 amazing how quick now that music and video that uh, gets flagged and, and uh, it's, um, it's they don't insane. show the same love for you know the same creative process and the same. It's basically it's the same thing doing creating a photo, you know, yeah. just because it's still and not moving. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, and what's kind of cool is that they started to, in this article they talked about uh, uh, NFTs and how yeah. that you can you know kind of put that in and track it and mm-hmm. uh, you know and you know, put money to it. No, so the ability to sign and authenticate it was really amazing. And I think that's uh, something that could be tied into photography and it's really important, uh, you know, and also it kind of, it's going to take away the cheapening of photography now that everybody can just share and put it out there so quickly. If there's some right. kind of repercussion or, or, you know, or making that, you know, uh, one photo authentic and tie it back to someone, maybe they can't do that anymore. And it's going to, you know, bring the value back to, to photography. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, this article posits that essentially, you know, the, you know, the film and music industry are huge, right? And they have big guns to go after YouTube, but the photo yeah. industry, you know, what do you got? Like Reuters, you got, you know, Getty and stuff. I, I don't know. Are they, you know, trying to get after this type of stuff? Obviously there's, you know, the, they have means by which to find imagery if you copyright it or if you copy it and put it on your blog, right? And websites, you know, the, and whatnot, but, you know, to find it in video. And what actually is... What's funny that you say that is, you know, Getty and Reuters, you know, well, especially Gettys, uh, uh, they go after and protect themselves so they make money, but they don't really do it for their photographer as much. It's it's about them retaining the the money and, you know, it's... uh, yeah, you you and me, Travis, we got to do it for all photographers. The around the lens (laughs) company is going to throw its weight around. Exactly. We're going to protect (laughs) y'all. We will fight for each and every one of you. (laughs) And and speaking of fighting, I actually, uh, I, as I'm a little bit of a fighter myself because whenever I'm watching like a YouTube video and I see somebody use, you know, copywritten imagery from like a stock house and they use it with the watermark still on it, which by the way, if you're making videos, take bot, do the, bare minimum and license the the image so you don't have to use the watermarked image i hate it when i see you know this big youtuber with like a million subscribers and like hundreds of thousands of views who i know can afford to license a stock image and they still use a stock image with the watermark on it i'm just like so anyways i report those people i do not care (laughs) 
How there are I? some people that uh, think they've bought it and just don't know how to download, <laughs> oh, <laughs> download the watermarked image, which I've seen some of my clients do. <laughs> it's like, you know, you purchased that image from me and you can, you know, you have a pin and you can download the one that's none watermarked. Like, uh, I don't know how to do it. Why didn't you ask? <laughs> I got so moving on to our next story, here we go. Is the DSLR really dead? Yes. And this is kind of a good question. Uh, and I know there's uh, lots of people having answers for this and a lot of devotees that would say, absolutely never going to die. I love this. You know, and they'd be lost without it. But, you know, with, you, know, you have Canon saying they're going to put all their money and in, in research into their, you know, in their R5 line, and R6 and, and not uh, develop a new 5D Mark IV and stuff like that. Um, you know, you have a lot of people asking, is is it uh, is it dead? And uh, what do you think? Yeah, 100%. It's gone, gone the way of the Dodo. Um, you know, you can still buy a film camera, right? You can go out, you can buy, you know, not a new film camera, but you can buy used film cameras. Film cameras will still exist. Film will still exist. DSLRs will still exist. But as far as like research and development, no. Canon, Nikon, Sony, they're not going to invest any more money in research and development. I mean, it's hard enough to make money in the camera industry as it is with dwindling sales they just they can't afford to focus on a dying technology or well it's funny that you bring up sony actually just discontinued mm -hmm. can i say that properly sony has finally discontinued their last of its dslrs yeah. just recently they killed off their their awful line yeah the 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 a line should i say could not to yeah. be confused with the alpha mirrorless uh their <laughs> a99s a77s a68s they're yeah they're gone so yeah. sony is going full in on you know, mirrorless and not uh you know those those lenses that you have and stuff like that uh, for your a cameras if you still have it and stuff like that well you know hold on to them yeah, no, <laughs> now right. they're now, now they're uh, you know something something that uh, is a uh, well it's gone it's gone man it's gone i know right well mirrorless <laughs> or the mirror i should say in dslrs was always a hack right it was always just a way to get the image to your eye and it was just sort of a mechanism that we all you know uh, accepted because that's how it was and that was the best way to do it at the time and the mirrorless is the next evolution in that whole image, you know, processing and acquiring uh, process. Well, you know, there'll be something maybe down the road that will replace mirrorless. Who knows? But you know, yeah. I mean, do you even have any mirror mirrored cameras in your collection, or are they all gone? Um, I, I I still I still have my five D Mark IV. Okay. Uh, Why? So I still use and I still use it. It's still a great camera. Right. I mean, it's, it's for what. Uh, I, I tend to find in event type situations with the flash running gun mm -hmm. that uh, just because the mirrorless lines have not really nailed it with their flash event work. Okay. Uh, because the one thing that, uh, that these, you know, that you find in a DSLR, because I guess it has something to do with the red IR, um, the mirrorless not picking up that red properly. When you're using a flash on a mirror, on a, a mirrored camera, it shoots out that red beam that acquires focus instantly. So if I'm in a really dark setting at night or a dance floor or something like that, that red beam is going to hit someone and it's going to lock focus in a way that's so fast. And so like, I don't have to ever question that it's not going to hit focus. I have not found in mirrorless that same uh consistency and uh and i know like i'm gonna miss some shots when i shoot mm -hmm. on mirrorless with the flash and that search it's just I, I will i will have tons of great shots but i'm gonna miss uh certain shots and it might be the one that i want uh where i won't miss it with that the other camera so it's still that's the only thing and it's funny that you bring that up is like Everybody had an excuse, you know, to hold on to a DSLR. Oh, you know what? You know, it blackout you know, on EVF, or you know, you know, it's not as fast on autofocus. Well, mirrorless 
has starting to surpass not only catch up but surpass all the things in in dslr so yeah. it's really you know in the next couple of years it's, that's why people are saying is the dslr dead yeah but it probably will because it, it just offers you so much more and it's it's gonna kick it's gonna kill it yeah, I mean, yeah. you'll have people like you said with film cameras that are all nostalgic oh this is a this is a mirrorless <laughs> i got this it's vintage <laughs> yeah i know right yeah, no, I mean, you know, these mirrorless cameras, you know, definitely from Nikon and Canon and whatnot are still in their infancy, right? They're only second generation or so. So, you know, these issues maybe you're having now with the DSLRs will probably be resolved, I would imagine, in the next few iterations, if not sooner. And then you'll be like, well, now I don't have any reason to keep the DSLR. But, you know, I'd say use the camera that you enjoy using. You know, if you're comfortable with DSLR, continue to use yeah. it if you want to get with the times and go with mirrorless but yeah i mean look no, at, there's you know look at uh i mean really there's there's not a lot of companies still putting their money or, or time into creating dslrs they're all they're all it's all behind their big flagship mirrorless now yeah yeah you're gonna have those like yeah. companies coming out with being bucking the trend you know like the ones who still support polaroid and you know make polaroid cameras they'll be like i'm gonna make a mirrored camera like okay good for you dude <laughs> But, you know, maybe a mirrored camera would be good if you're shooting surf photography. I don't know. I've, I've never really shot surf photography before myself. Um, I've shot it from the beach, but, you know, the kind of surf photography where you're capturing it, like, in the water, you know, and stuff like that. I've never done that in my entire life. I should put that on my bucket list. I just need to be in an area with good surf, you know, to be able to shoot that. But uh, Nikon Australia, in partnership with Surfing Australia, recently announced the winners of their 2021 Nikon Surf photo and video of the year awards and so it recognized some great stuff here and you know they had some of the folks uh, like Stu gibson who gained the title of nikon surf photographer of the year and um while spencer frost claimed nikon surf videographer of the year and both shot with the nikon z62 and the 24 to 70 millimeter lens which i thought was pretty neat i guess you want that kind of ability to get a little bit closer and a diff as well as extremely wide but not too wide but um, yeah, a lot of great images here. Uh, you know, I was pri primarily struck by the shots that feature motion because I'm like, you're shooting a, an object like a surfer who's moving quickly through the wave, but you're still getting the motion blur of the wave. And that's, that's kind of like, I'm amazed by what they've been able to do. Any, any particular shots that you liked from this series? Um, well, first and foremost, yeah, you got to get out there and, and, you know, what a better place to spend the day, you know, in the water and the sun mm -hmm. and the beach and, you know, around people surfing. It's just, it's, it's a great time. Sometimes I take a, a trip out to Montauk where, uh, there's a great point out there near the lighthouse where, yeah. uh, in Long Island, uh, in New York and, uh, just shoot the, the surfers and it's just so much fun, you know, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's great. And it looks like from a lot of the photos here, and you said that a lot of more shooting with the 24 to 70, um, which is not a, you know, a power zoom. Uh, no. you, you, that means they are out in the water with, uh, yeah. you know, they're probably these, you know, in, in housing and, and, uh, and shooting these images and they're fantastic images. They're really beautiful. Some of these images, you know, with the, you know, the, the, the break and the, the, the people surfing the tube and, and in the tube and they're, they're really amazing photos. They're gorgeous, gorgeous photos. And, uh, you know, I would have to say there's must be some, because there's some overhead, it looks like a drone shot. I don't know if they put yeah. a, a Nikon on a drone or something like that. But uh, there are some of these night uh, surf photos too, with the stars in the background and the you know lit up wave and stuff like that. 
there's some perspectives there that are shot in these. They're really, really cool photos. And this is a great series. I would say check it out because they're, I mean, they talk about contest winners. There really are some amazing contest winners in these. There's one where the person is completely under the surfboard and the surfboard is flying overhead. And it's just <laughs> an incredible shot. It's such that's, a cool shot. That's the yeah. moment. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Uh, you said you've shot some surf photography. Have you gotten into yeah. the waves and shot like the... No, I'm, I'm one of those people shooting with a bigger zoom, <laughs> 200 or something, or 300 yeah. or something, and uh, shooting from the shore. Okay. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I guess that you know that you know I never wanted to be getting away. I'd probably get hit by a surfboard or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it comes with the uh, the territory at risk. Yeah, of the and job. now the drones, you can send the drone out there yeah, and stuff sure. like that. You know, it's like, yeah, this, there's so many ways to capture it. You know, from safe dry land where I can have a you know beer and a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I do wonder how the surf photographers get those shots, though. You know, like because like how do you capture the shot without yourself getting like swept up in the wave you know are you weighed down do you have a weight attached to you you know like how are you how are you doing that have you have you seen them like do that or just are they just waiting in the water i mean have you seen that well, you yourself? have you have a couple different uh, you know a lot of people shoot from from land um and okay. uh, you know or a dock or something like that and then you do have people out there that are uh uh shooting and you know the, you, there's five million different ways some are on another surf, surfboard some are actually in the water some are on jet skis i mean yeah, there's so okay. many different ways people are on these capturing it's like really kind of what works for you uh but uh yeah sometimes you have those ones that are out there in the water and uh, waiting for the wave to break and they'll, they'll go under the water and back up and their stuff <laughs> is in a water underwater housing unit right it's cool but uh you know talking about you know shooting these type of things you need a zoom lens a lot of times and and uh, yeah. you know what is there one zoom lens to rule them all uh and what would you choose i know recently you know a a, a nando harmonson wrote an article talking about uh, zoom lenses and the, how versatile it is and 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 uh a lot of people are, are on that thing it's like oh, i only shoot primes but you know i gotta tell you it's like for the reason people said they, they shoot primes Primes, uh, you know, they were like, they're much sharper than zooms. Like, that's not the case anymore. These news and zoom lenses, some of them are sharp, if not sharper than a lot, some primes. And, uh, and they allow you that ability to really just carry one lens sometimes. I know when I'm traveling, I don't, I, I'm going to miss a shot if I have to, oh, where's my 85? Where's this? I'm going to switch it and put it on. And if I, you know, one of my favorite travel lenses and travel and is a 24 to 105. Uh, it's a great lens. And if you had to choose one, are you a zoom person? If you had to choose one, what would you choose? I would choose a one to one thousand f point nine five. Obviously, <laughs> well, who who wouldn't? <laughs> well, of funny, course, that air. one is so big. You need a duffel bag just to carry it. Actually, I mounted it to my car. That's the only way I can shoot. Oh, that's with smart. It. That's smart. It's like a the, turn. The, it's on the hood of my car. <laughs> roof of my car. Um, well, you know, I I will. Um, I'll go with the the author of the article and back their choice, which is the twenty four to one hundred five yep. uh, f four. That I use yep. for my Canon, you know, and that's not necessarily because I don't like swapping lenses. I do. I mean, before I had my R5, I had the the GH5, and I had about half a dozen lenses. And but what I've you know discovered is what I'm using my camera for nowadays primarily is just family stuff, right? I'm out and about. We're we're going to a museum. We're going to a park. I'm trying to manage making sure these two boys aren't like running into the streets and, you know, running off cliffs and I have to, you know, carry bags with me and, you know, deal with a billion other things. I don't have time to be swapping lenses. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be as versatile as I can with the one lens as possible. And I tell you, the 24 to 105 gets you 95% of the way there in terms of what you're trying to do. Like I can do nice yeah. close-ups. I'm very 
torn between the 24 to 105 and a 24 to 70 2.8 mm -hmm. yeah. just because that 2.8 really kind of the, i do shoot a lot at night i do shoot in certain areas that you know need that extra you know opening uh right so and let the light in so that's a tough one but i mean that 24 to 105 just that extra 70 to 105 the zoom range is amazing yeah. it's absolutely great and you know though i i never expected to buy one but i was out on a, a sony kando trip and you know they graciously have everything that you could possibly have to try there and i i'm like ah, let me just try that 24 to 105 and i when they handed it to me i'm like oh i asked for the 24 to 105 i thought they were handing me a smaller lens and i looked at him like oh it is the 24 to 105 it was light it was fast it was sharp i'm like i love this lens I, and what happened i bought it <laughs> and it's yeah. one of my favorite favorite lenses if i'm traveling that is the one because it just gives, allows me such diversity you go 24 to shoot a landscape to 105 to shoot a cool portrait and that f4 at 105 you can get beautiful bokeh you can get that wonderful yeah. you know creamy you know uh out of focus background it's 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 just a really diverse fantastic lens and i know the canon one is fabulous as well yeah no i mean it's a dream to use and yeah i like you said that little bit of extra range uh, means more to me <laughs> excuse me um that little bit extra range means more to me than a little bit of extra aperture and i'd say that yeah. only because this particular generation i'd say a generation ago i would have agreed with you you know the 2.8 is far more valued than the the range because of the lower isos you know that were in most cameras but nowadays um, not only are cameras able to get higher isos but they're able to manage those higher isos better um, that shooting at a little bit of higher ISO and a little bit of darker environment, you know, definitely is something. And image that stabilization would... in camera on sensor, oh, yeah. and you know, it's just like, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. You know, it's like you kick up the ISO and drop your you know shutter speed just a touch, and mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, another advantage of those mirrorless cameras is the more you know stops of shutter you know, vibration and, and whatnot that you yeah. can get. And like, I think you get seven stops of um, IBIS in your, you know, the, the Canon R5 with the RF lens. So that's great. And I'd say the only, the second or the runner up to that would probably be the 16 to 35. Like I think I would prefer and use a wider angle lens more so than a zoom lens. Although I love the 7200. Uh, and of course, if I had the Trinity, I'd, I'd love that, but um, I would I would go wide before I would go close, but I think you would probably go close before you go wide because you're shooting mostly portraits, right? Or am I wrong? I'm all over the place. I mean, when I'm traveling, I love to shoot the landscapes and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. You know, and environmental portraits too need a, a wider lens. Uh, but uh, if I'm shooting, you know, some portraits and fashion or something like that, I tend to use you know uh, a you know 85 or a 135 or um, or you know a 70 200 or you know absolutely. Yeah, and I will say I did buy one other lens, uh, the 50 millimeter 1.8. So I do have that nice. ability to get that low light shots and yeah, stuff yeah. if That's I need a great it. Lens. Yeah. yeah, so sometimes I'll just throw that on and that'll be my walk around. I'll just, I yeah. will embrace the limitations. It's funny, the 50 is the most natural, you know, equivalent to what the eye see. But yeah. It ten, yeah. tends to be not the focal length I choose to shoot most of the time. I'm either at 35 or 85 in that range. Uh, I kind of skip over the 50 all the time. I don't know why, but I just, something about the 35 or 85 are, my, are probably the, if I'm you know, talking about primes, those are especially my, my favorite and sweet spots for me. Yeah, more often than not, I wish I had the 35 millimeter because I'm usually just in a scenario where I need width over, you know, depth. But anyways... Well, that's uh, 
I think that's going to bring us to the end of this week's show. Yeah, I know we're going to have a lot of uh, great stuff to talk about in the future because there's lots of rumors about new uh, Canon cameras and Sony cameras and and, up, and minimal updates and big updates to some cameras that are coming out. So we'll have a lot to talk about in, in months and weeks to come. Great. I'm excited. And I'll be able to talk yeah. to you from the United States. Ah, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll actually get to see each other in person. Do a, do a show time. in person. Yep, I All right. I don't mind hanging up to New York. Or maybe you can come down to D.C. I have no problem coming to D.C. I was just there recently and had a fabulous time. And I love that, they, you know, they have all these kind of electric bikes and scooters everywhere. And you can kind of just jump around and leave the bike and jump another one. It's 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 a cool town. And it's been a long time since I've been there. And I went there, you know, uh, wanting to go to Air and Space Museum because they have <clears throat> all kinds of stuff that I want to go back and visit since I, I haven't been there as a kid. And uh, I think they even have some Star Wars X-Wing fighters there that they're getting ready to put up stuff. Uh, nice. But uh, it was closed because of the pandemic when I was yeah. just there you know about a month ago so i have a full reason i want to get back <laughs> all right well if you're ever in the area let me know we'll hook up and hang out yes all right well travis thank you so much for your time this has been around the lens in a flash i'm david j murphy i'm travis keys and we're bouncing we're bouncing <laughs>